When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Got it. Got it. He's uh, yeah. I heard he's gonna beat up Pat Smith, but he's never beat up Pat Smith before. No, first time for everything. It's gonna be Benji's time. Uh, David, what were your thoughts? You talked to Benji afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, during the press conference itself, he was the only guy wearing a suit. He's the only guy with his feet up on the table, which <laughs> that was funny. But he he comes out and he says he's gonna throw Pat Smith on the head twice. He says he has bets with multiple people about how that's gonna go, and and he's very confident. So I talked to him afterwards, and, and I, I basically asked him, like, you know, why are you so confident? Why do you think this is going to happen? And he's like, man, Greco has far too many guys in this old generation that just keep winning over and over and over. But then they never, they never get any medals. They never win any matches at Worlds. And he's like, it's time to change that. So I asked him why he's the guy, and he said he's been training Greco since he was younger, and he's just really confident right now. He's never done it against Pat Smith, but he thinks he's right there. Definitely uh, a number of pretty interesting moments. Um, you know, Gilman and Vito, it was, it was cool hearing from them. And I talked with Vito afterwards about, you know, because everyone knows with, with the hand fighting is like the biggest challenge for, for Vito to navigate with Thomas. And he said, you know, he's describing the clubs to me and describing, he's like, it, it's, it's just like nothing I've really felt. And I, I asked if he had experienced that level of hand fighting anywhere internationally because Vito's been around, he's made age-level teams and done tours and all that, and he said, no, there's no one. <laughs> there's no one that, that can. Really? No one? He said, no one. He's like, I'm not, I have wow. not felt anyone like that, which is pretty crazy when you consider how many guys Vito's wrestled. Can you think of anyone of else? What's that? Can you think of anyone else that you think um, would be similar in that manner? No. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really brutal – hand fighters right but uh, i mean not Yazdani, that way yes donnie's like definitely the no, yeah but i was talking about specifically at like 125 or 120 you know no, i mean Nguyen is not someone i would say is like a, a brutal you know yeah. physical hand fighter he's definitely a little more slick he is powerful um yes. at 57 like um, not really no, sammy henson even the iranian's not not like thomas you missed that one i said i said sammy henson Sammy Henson, yeah. Sammy Henson, a legendary 57-kilo guy. Um, yeah. But no, so Vito, a lot of, a lot of praise for, for Gilman. And Gilman, similarly, you know, I think he, he – I thought it was interesting because uh, Thomas actually thanked Vito for, for wrestling, you know, for, like, beating there and, like, going to the final action and actually showing up, which is – I thought was interesting because it's like, well – you know, it's, it, maybe it's more counterintuitive for someone that's in um, in, in competition. It's like you you don't you know it's going to make it harder for Thomas to make the team that someone as good as Vito is, is who he's facing. But basically, I kind of followed up with him after that. He's like, well, you know, there's a lot of people in the 57 kilogram realm that didn't throw their hats in the ring at all and didn't even show up. And yeah, he was he was gl- actually glad that that Vito did. And the obvious, you know, the unsaid thing there is like. Nick Soriano. He didn't. He I'm actually surprised that he didn't cut a promo on him. 
That seems like a total Thomas Gilman type of thing to do. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think he's. I think he's trying to maybe not amend in any of that, but I think he's. Well, oh, I thought the amend. Coolest, yeah, actually, the coolest thing that the Thomas said, maybe the coolest thing in the press conference, um, was when he was talking about 2019 Final X when Dayton beat him. He said, "I'm." Going back to that press conference in 2019, I'm embarrassed of what I said and how cocky I was, and you know, Dayton made me pay for it, basically. So he's basically trying to be more humble. Wrestling's too humble. We need uh, we need more people who will say take some chances and say some things, and you know, that's when um, a Nick Lee is taking pictures and complain how many people in the stands, but, you know, he doesn't go out on a limb and nor do barely anyone else. And I, I know wrestling's built on humility, and I love that part of it, but that doesn't mean we can't have some personalities. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a line that can be moved, right? It yes. doesn't have to be as overt or disrespectful. You don't have to go full Benji Peak or whatever, Conor McGregor, but there's some, some level of tension. I mean, just any level of tension is... Interesting. Yeah, audio is kind of rough right now. I can barely. I can hear. Could, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of rough for me. Um, We're working on it. Yeah. The the other thing that was funny about the Benji Peak comments is that Pat Smith continues to find himself in Final X press conferences where his opponents are just completely calling him out. But last time he won, last time Kamal Bay, I can't remember what he called him, and Pat said, he said, "Hot Pacific." He said, "I'm a PT cruiser." Um, but now Benji Peak saying he's going to put him on his head twice and he's got money on it. And, uh, man, what's going on? What's wrong with Pat Smith that he just over and over finds himself in the, in the crosshairs? Guy wins four national titles for Oklahoma State and now he's all these kids. <laughs> Different Pat Smith. How old is he? He's not, I don't think he's that old, but now I'm super old. So. Pat Smith, I don't know. Um, he graduated in 2015 from college. He's not that old. He's like maybe 30. I don't even know mm-hmm. if he's, uh, I mean, Provisor's probably older than him, right? Provisor's <laughs> got it. I remember, Yep. yeah, he's old. I remember coach, yeah, he was on a Fargo team when I was coaching my brother. That's like 2004 or something, I mean, like a long time ago. Yeah. Interesting. Jeez. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. any, other, any other moments for Final X you thought were? Notable or interesting. Well, yesterday you guys talked about Forrest Molinari expected that she would cut a promo. She came in just like, you know, dressed like, I don't know, part Eskimo, part, I don't know what, but, but she, <laughs> she has sunglasses and, and she was happy to talk. And I, I interviewed her afterwards too. And she just, she says she thinks she's past Velty. She thinks she's beyond her now. She says she's going to, she's going to break her. She's going to wilt her and just basically put the nail in the coffin. So she was one who was not afraid to, to speak up, and we saw that in the, the video that our editors put together before, but she, she just kind of was really looking forward to that. She wanted to talk. She wanted to make sure everybody knows that she plans on winning and, and uh, it's not going to be close. Yep. Um, no real tension from the Nate Jackson, Jaden Cox thing after, you know, it's been somewhat of a, you know, back and forth there. Unfortunately, that could have been J- fun. Yeah, J- yeah. You know, Jaden took the high road, which is not surprising at all. But uh, yes. Nate, w- Nate just was basically like, "Well, I'm, you know, 
anyone that knows me knows I'm just always confident, and this, that's just how I talk. But um, so yeah, definitely decrease the tension there more than more than increase. But I know talking with Reese yesterday, they are so confident in, in this match. Not not that Reese wasn't like guarantee we're winning, um, but he was like people are literally crazy if they think Jane's just going to run through them uh, like like he did previously. He says he thinks the the weight's going to be a big factor that they're making you know 92 he thinks mm -hmm. that could that's a something that's going to play in, in nate's advantage yeah because they were 215 in the last time yes 215 so that's a big you know that's a big difference so yeah. they 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 really think you know they you know the polish guy baranowski ben he's yes been, uh -huh. he's been training there and um said he's, he's been training at njrtc mm -hmm, and he said oh i didn't know that basically like he's been able to really challenge Nate in a lot of his like finishing positions. He used to be able to like pull him up and give him all kinds of counter counter problems that, that Nate has uh, solved at this, this point. So they're, um, they're, they're very confident that they can win and that it's going to be competitive. One of the, one of the most interesting things to me about Jaden's comments during the press conference was Nate had earlier suggested that Jaden left NJRTC because Nate was giving him a feel that he didn't like, and he went from being a good training partner to a competitor, and that that was why Jaden left. And Jaden said mm. a lot of why he left was just, you know, following KJ. He wants KJ in his corner. But he also said that he, he appreciates the NJRTC because being there, being around Reese and, and those other guys is part of what helped him get over his anger from the Olympic trials. And I mean, you know, he said he was going to bring the wrath of God. He said he was, you know, his perspective coming out of the Olympic trials was like, we wanted some great. wrath of God though. Yeah. And, and so he, he says the NJRTC is the place and the people who have helped him kind of come to peace and just, you know, not be an angry person. So, um, you hear that a lot about Reese, just kind of putting wrestling in perspective, making it something that people enjoy. And Jaden's another person kind of adding to that narrative. Um. Yeah, I th I thought it was also interesting. He said, "This is my last year at 92." He's like, "I'm I'm gonna have my last year at 92, a world champion." Um. So meaning, next year going up 97, Snyder versus Cox showdown potentially. Uh, another interesting thing is someone asked, maybe it was Gar oh Gary, asked like Colin Moore basically like, "Why did you go 97, not 92?" And he was just basically like. I want to be the Olympic champion. I want to be at the Olympic weight, so not going to go down. Which, you know, I think that's good. I I understand that, but I'm also like, dude, make a team, right? Like, yeah. get that experience, and then then maybe move up. But I guess if if you if you boil it down, making the team, all roads for the time being go through Kyle Snyder. So the more yes. opportunities you get against against that guy, the better, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, if Jaden would have went up, though, I think Colin Moore should have went down. But Jaden's there, and both of those guys are very difficult to beat. Oh my, yeah, and even next next year, Jaden goes up. He really Colin should probably go down. Should go down, down. Should go down really ninety two. Make the, you know, make a team. Then, you know, see where you're at. Yeah. In a, in a year from there, so that'd be interesting. Yeah. World medals aren't something that you get all the time. No, very difficult. All right, mm -hmm. I still can't use this. Um, <laughs> next thing. 
should we do our should we do our predictions? That's probably what we're here for, right? That's what we're here for. Oh my gosh. We can come here to to to, to play school. Okay. So we'll we'll move through these. I'll just go in the bout order here. How's that? Um I think I know all the answers to the to the predictions. Just in case you're wondering, Ben. You don't you do not want to bet me on this. Final you know all of my predictions are you you're saying you know what i'm gonna say or you know the right answers yeah i just know the right answers okay let me ask you a question can i ask you a question on that topic then yeah so if you already know all the right answers are mm -hmm. you in fact admitting that this is scripted like wwe <laughs> no <laughs> are you sure did yeah, you script I'm pretty it sure. i'm pretty sure i may get uh, a lot of these wrong but which matches did you script to go to the third bout hmm You'll have to you have to stay tuned, but okay. hopefully I would love to see three with uh, Gilman Vito, three matches there. Jaden Nate, that would be a good one. I think we're likely to see them. Like I think Diamond versus Yelena Makiad could definitely go go three matches. Um, mm -hmm. Jo versus Zane for sure. Well, let's start. Let's do it. No, this is not scripted, Ben. Well, you're the one. You were the one implicating that. So well, I'm I, just being I, uh, obnoxiously confident, Ben. I wanted to make sure that Vince McMahon didn't get in your ear. You know, Vince McMahon threw you some cash, and you said, "All right, let's do it." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the long con for Vince. Start rigging Final X. Okay. <laughs> Sammy Jones, the Wild Man, versus Jesse Thielke. Also kind of a wild man, but he was at the press conference. He could barely talk because he'd been sick all last week, which does not bode well. Um, that's not Last good, time, huh? I'm not even going to tell Ben. I'm going to make him pick. Then I'll... Well, obviously, I'm picking Jesse Thilke. That's a Wisconsin guy. Okay, know perfect. Him. You're like already him. one wrong, in my opinion. Son Jamie of Jones, a... He teched him last time. Um, oh, Je Jesse was just, he was just slow playing him. He, yeah. He was just sad. So, I think uh, I, th I have to pick Sammy. It was a 9-0 tech at the Feral, which literally just happened. So, I think Jones is a pretty considerable favorite. He was the guy on the team last year. Yeah. Both these guys have made teams. Um, Jesse won the 2016 Olympic trials. So if he's all the way back to that form, then then I think he could win. But I'm also going with Sammy Jones. Apparently, according to Greco expert Timmy Hans, there's a Jesse Thilke death cult. I don't know the implications of him winning or losing. It sounds very severe, but uh, either way, I'm, I'm still going with Sammy Jones. We have to defer to, to Timmy on that one. Okay, next match, Diamond Guilford versus Yelena Makiyed. Um, the, the matches I watched, both of them, Diamond Guilford got up 8-0 and proceeded to lose the matches in two matches. They're 2-2 two two against each other. The two wins for Yelena went that way. Um, I don't have a ton of confidence in this pick, actually. Um, but I'm going to go with, with Guilford there. I'm going Di Diamond. Finish Diamond. that off. Get two more points. Let's go. I think Yelena McCoyed has been developing more and more. She has put herself on big stages at the age group levels. She was in the finals at U20 and U23 trials last year, uh, made the U23 team already this year. So I, I think she's trending in the right direction. I know she's given up points to Diamond in the past, but I don't know. Something about her progress makes me think McCoyed can get it done. Okay. America needs farmers versus Colton Schultz. I've got, I've got Colton running this one in two, much like their series last year. Colton is uh, one of my offspring competing at this event, and I'm picking him. Yeah, you have two, you have multiple children in this event. 
<laughs> and yet you didn't come. You're going to the one in New York City. Uh, wow, absentee father. <laughs> I'm also going Colton Schultz. Yeah, we'll be. We'll step in. We'll be his father. Surrogates. Surrogates. Um, even though he has a father who's actually going to be here. Okay, Zane Rutherford versus Jordan Oliver. Man, now this is where the rubber meets the road. Part I know what really I, I've been thinking about this hard. I know what I'm picking. You're not going to sway me. All right, go. Jordan Oliver. Why? Uh, he said he was going to get it done in Stilly, and I think it's about a coin flip, and um, I like the way he looked at the US Open. I'm so, I've really, literally, this entire weekend, I've gone back and forth. Part of me is. The, the reason to pick Zane is he, he's beaten him before. He's beaten him in a two out of three before. He's, you know, you know he's going to have a good game plan going in. Jordan got him last time with uh, just a late one and kind of like snaked it at the end just like he did Yanni. And I don't think that's going to be the tactic that, that wins him the match this time around. I think Jordan's got to be have a lot of output and offense and really be looking to score. I, oh. I agree it's a coin flip. I am going to pick Jordan in three. Yeah, I'm going with Jordan also, and I have a little bit of a different reason. I think that Jordan tends to have a little bit of, of a bigger challenge with the cut, and there's so much time between weigh-in and even match one because they're a little bit further down the card. Uh, well, they're not that far, they're match four, but then by the time we get to match two and potentially three, it's hours and hours and hours, and I, I just think that the more time Jordan has to recover, the better. They've gone four and two in their series, and two of the matches have been won by a big throw or a big sequence from Jordan, and I think if he's feeling good and he has his pop, that's he's more likely to have access to those type of scores, so that's why I'm leaning Jordan Oliver, but I think it's going to be one position type of a match that decides it. Not not that they're only going to score once, but that like one critical sequence probably wins it. Yeah, it's it's a tough um, it's a tough call to make. It really is. I think, um, and yeah, if you're wondering like, wow, is the cut still a thing for Jordan? It really seventy is not that. It's obviously much easier than sixty five, which is eleven pounds lighter. But seventy's tough for him. He had a really tough time making it at, at Coralville. Um, on day really? one. Really? Yep. Yep. He made it with with moments to spare, and on day one. But he, which is why he got to Stillwater basically immediately after after uh, World Team Trials, and he's been here, and he's touched down, and he's already so he's feeling great. So don't think it's going to be a problem for him this time. I think for Zane, dude's pros pro. He's not going to have any issues with the cut. He's going to be feeling good. And, yeah, it's it's going to be tight, contentious. But uh, I'm, I'm picking Jordan. Okay. Pat Smith versus Hi. Benjamin Peak. Um, lo love the promo, Benji cut. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure on yourself. Now you gotta Now you got to pin this guy twice under a minute. All right. Um, I think Pat is just so seasoned. He's, he's just a tough guy, tough guy to beat. He's really good positionally. 
Um, I, th I think for, for Benji, he's got to win it on his feet probably. I don't think he's going to win the positional battle of controlling center. He's going to have to hit throws. And I just think if you know that and it's Greco, it's really tough to throw a guy that knows what Pat knows and is experienced with him. So I think it's going to be Pat. I'm going uh, Benji Peak, Wisconsin, two for two. Whoa. I think I think it's going to be a three-match series. I think Benji maybe gets one. Um, I could definitely see that. I think not only is he good from his feet, but if he gets on top and parterre, he's got really good lift stuff. I, I still think Pat Smith gets it done in three, though. I just he, he's so solid. He, he it's like when it's up in the air, go with the guy who's done it, you know. So yeah. I'm going with Pat Smith. And it's his home gym, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is the one I know I have the least confidence in. Abby Nettie versus Lexi Basham. Um, man, I, I'm not, I'm not even sure. Um, David, who, who are you thinking? Lexi Basham is a little bit more of an up and comer. I mean, she was yeah. national champ this year, but Nettie's been on the scene a little bit longer. Nettie, I'm not a lot longer. She I think graduated from college maybe two years ago. But I think Nettie's in a really good training situation at the Army W cap, and I, I think Abby Nettie's probably the favorite. I'm going to go with her. Yeah. The experience is, is the – if you're picking Abby Nettie, that's probably what – probably the reason why. To, I could not find that these two had wrestled at any point, um, which a lot, of, a lot of these matchups they have. They have competed against each other. Um, but in the, I couldn't find an example of those two wrestling, so you're just doing a lot of comparison. But I think – I think it's going to be Nettie. I'll go Nettie also. All right. Clean sweep for Nettie. We'll see if that's how it goes down. Next up, where did it go? Okay, Ben Provisor versus Spencer Woods. These two, last time they wrestled, I think was the Open, um, and Ben won. They wrestled also at the Feral. It was a 2-1 win for Provisor, but both the two points came from a headbutt. So he didn't really actually. He headbutted him twice. No, it was a two-point headbutt. It was that bad. I just think that's how they. It, you could give a two-point. Wait, you could give a a, a two-pointer for that? Yeah, here I, I. That's what happened. Um, I did not think. I thought all those type of fouls. I, I don't know what the the broad name of them, but I will yeah, say disorderly conduct on uh, flagrant or. <laughs> Whatever the disturbing hell. the peace <laughs> disturbing the peace I thought those were all what caution and ones caution and two disturbing the peace conspiracy are you <laughs> mayhem <laughs> yeah here caution it is um, I thought those were all caution and ones uh not in this this scenario hold on okay let me here, go back here I'm rewatching it I had it ready to go here boom so look at this. Boom, nice headbutt. He goes caution. And two. I did it? Oh. Now I can't see his fingers. Uh oh. Well, he gets two points from it. Okay. On the scoreboard. Maybe it is caution two. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought I did all the disorderly conducts were caution one. Yeah. This must have been a, a conspiracy to commit mayhem, Ben. Maybe it was a drunken disorderly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not sure, uh, but I got I got Ben Provisor. Just so much experience. He and especially 
you could actually talk me into, all right, maybe Spencer sneaks one, but I just winning two, I don't see it. State of Wisconsin. Let's go Ben Provisor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot of Wisconsin people here, but not Ben's Wisconsin not here. Wisconsin loves Greco. That's why they're mad at me. Yeah. If Jens Lance was wrestling Thomas Gilman, I guess he would pick him, too. <laughs> Jens Lance, let's do it. I Is like that a Jens. throwback? Uh, no, he's still coaching. I see him around once in a while. I remember him. Um, yeah, give me a provisor, too. Okay. All right, here we go. TP Gilman, Vito Rougel. I'm the only one giving Vito a shot. But if I don't pick him, I can't even. You know, one thing he did say, he's like, if I finish, if I just aim him back towards the mat in match one, I, I, I tech him the very first match and that is the one thing about Vito is that that we haven't really mentioned is his his lace is really no joke and so good. those are those are match enders those are match ending sequences if you can get that position and you know we've seen it so many times now Gilman is one of the most he's the guy who can get himself in the worst parterre position and just will himself to not get turned I've seen it I think so it was strong. against Tomasello in 2017. The guy is just yeah. um, really tough to turn. But that said, it, it can happen. It has happened. And I think that is what gives Vito a puncher's chance here. It's like he can get the leg attack, finish, and if he finishes in bounds, he can get his transition going. Yep. That's his path, right? Um, that said, Gilman on, on such a heater, and really, I, I'm – I'm at a point where I, I, I need to see Gilman not be getting better every time out. I need to see Gilman lose some matches or show some signs of coming back down to earth until I pick against him. Right now he's the best I, in the world. And I do think, you know, Vito on the world stage is a top I – w- I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a top five to seven guy, right? But uh, – Yeah, especially, especially with no Russia. Especially with no Russia, um, which – also talked with Gilman about that, and he basically said exactly what we've been saying, Ben. It's like, punish Russia for what they've done and not not something, you know, they, they have no control over. Punish them for the, yeah. for the cheating and all the stuff they've been... Basically, it's known that they do. Yes. So his, of the, his of other the perspective was about it was sort of interesting because he was like, well, what if someone says, hey, oh, America's got this terrible leader, and now kick them out and he's like how how do you think you know that would be terrible and that's that's the position they find themselves in yeah and uh obviously you know no one's uh minimizing the horror of of what's happening but just you know should it impact sport is the question hey um of your top 20 do you know how many at 57 are russian um Pop quiz. I'd say probably, if I had to guess the number, I'd say three, but I don't know. Six. Oh, my Atlanta. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay, so I, I picked Gilman. I've got Gilman. Made the argument yesterday. I got Gilman, too. If I hadn't seen Gilman make weight at Pan Am's, I would have some question about the weight just because in the fall he talked about potentially going up, and I know – 57 is not easy for very many human beings to make, but he just did it. Looked fine. Um, I think he wins it. Two. 
Yep, my, my eyes are open on this one, though. Um, we'll see. All right, Max Nowry versus Brady Kuntz. Um, another, you know, familiar matchup. It's been Max Nowry having the edge here. Not a ton to say here. I think Max is a, a solid favorite. I think he wins. Well, Kuntz is a Wisconsin guy, but I have a little guy from Chicago in my practice, and he uh, he tells me Max Nowry wins every single time. So I'm going to go Max Nowry. Wow. Turning on your state. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is audacious. I'll go Max Nowry also, but in 2019 Final X, this was like very one-sided. I yeah. think it's probably a little closer. It's, it's Max, though. What's up? Coach Esposito is fired up. Okay. Right on, right on schedule. Bout number 10, Dayton Fix versus Seth Gross. I, Seth Gross, we're on the air. What's up, Coach? Coach Esposito is here. We're talking about his athlete, Dayton Fix. Seth Gross made it to Oklahoma, although not at the scheduled time. He, like you and many others, had a hard time getting here. Just flight problems and whatever. So he had, that's why he missed the press conference. He would have been here on time otherwise. So, man, he's already got an uphill battle. And then he just spent, basically wasted a day in travel, man. That's that's not that's not helpful for his cause. Watching Dayton the last couple of days, man, he he looks sort of undeniable to me, and so I I got him. Yeah, I don't think it's a hard pick. I think you gotta go Dayton. Um, you have their match last year, and then obviously I know Seth made it here, but he was down twelve three to Mendez, which gives has to give you pause if you're thinking of him. The the one thing I will say is. Fair, right or wrong, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's really up against it here in this match. But what we do know about Seth is the dude is just really smart, sharp, tactically intelligent. So he's going to have some sort of a, a, a noticeable plan. Uh, now, implementation is another thing, but I'm just curious what he has, like, kind of formulated in his mind as, like, his path to, to getting a win here. I'm curious, too. Yeah. Yeah. Dayton Fix. Dayton, Dayton Dwayne Fix in his dang gym. Mm-hmm. Has he? I'm sure he hasn't lost here in his college career. He's only lost to he lost to Nick at Rutgers. Nick um, at NCAAs. Nick at NCAAs. Roman twice at NCAAs. He lost to Mickey, Mickey at Pitt. Yeah. He ain't beating him in Gallagher Abba. Okay, Jenna Burkett Jakara Winchester. Oh, my gosh. So, Jakara yesterday said, basically, I did not want to be wrestling at the trials in 2021, uh, World Team Trials, when he lost, when she lost to Jenna. She was basically like, basically she alluded to, she thought maybe her stipend or keeping her number one spot was in jeopardy if she didn't go for it. So she competed and, and, and fell to Jenna. So now she's like, she's excited because she knows both both athletes are really into it. And, you know, does that does that change how you view that best two out of three last time, knowing that? Um, a little bit. I was also really impressed with Jenna, though, at the Olympic trials, too. So um, it wasn't like a one-time, wow, she's good. It's like she's been good for multiple times. Uh, maybe a little bit, but not that much. Yeah. So their their matchups, you know, 
I think a key point for for Jakara is like she's got to be way more selective or or precise with her shots because Jenna's like drag go behinds were were giving her a lot of problems. Jenna's physicality mm -hmm. overall gives a lot of wrestlers problems. Uh, the other thing is if she's able to reliably get to her underhook, right? Uh, Jakara yeah. and and Jenna to to some extent she's really strong out of an underhook and control ties, but Jakara from her left side underhook she gets so much working off of that. And um, she also has a little home mat advantage here too. She's been training at Oklahoma State for for some time now, so I think it could go three again. Um, it's tough to pick against Jenna, knowing you know how much does winning a medal give her some extra confidence too going into this match, knowing that you know she's a she's a world teamer. That said, the knowing that Jakar's a world champ uh, in the past and just her comments from last time make me think it's going to be her. So you, you, okay, all right. I'm going Jakara. I think. And Jenna. Jenna just looks so poised. She, yeah. um, her, her level of professionalism just continues to improve. I, I, Jakara is a pro too. They, this is a yeah. matchup that's really fun because, you know, a lot of times right now, like yesterday, Shane was saying like the difference between our ones and twos for the most part is is pretty vast. But this one, we've got two ones. We've got two medalists. Um, but I just. I don't know. This is probably not a great reason to make a pick, but just seeing them in the press conference and just hearing the their approach, I, I just yeah. I get a little bit more confidence from Jenna. So I'm leaning that way. Yeah. Well, it's tough. There's nothing. There's not a lot of strong discernible reasons to lead you either way, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's it's for me. It's is the most fascinating of the women's freestyle matches in all of final acts, right? Mm -hmm. I think you have two world medalists. Two people. They had the most epic best of three last year, so I'm looking forward to it. I think think it'll be Jakara, but don't really know. Okay, rubber meeting the road here. Jaden Cox versus Nate Jackson. As as many seeds of doubt as as Nate and Reese have been able to plant, I just can't close my eyes and see Nate getting his hand raised two times against Jaden here. Um, I agree. I think, the, I think Boy. the problems that we saw Jaden give Nate in the with his leg attacks, I think I just have a hard time seeing Nate blow through Jaden clean. Like, how many times have we seen that in, in matches he's lost, right? It's uh, almost none. Almost none. And because Nate's style is just so... You, you know what's happening, right? It's, you know it's leg attacks from space, physical um, yeah. shots. I just think that you're just going to have a hard time running through Jaden. So I, I, I'm picking yeah. Jaden, but my, my eyes are open. I'm prepared to see Nate Jackson pull the, pull the biggest upset. If you're looking for an upset pick to make, maybe this is the one. But uh, it's not going to be me making that prediction. Not me either. Yeah, I'm also going, Jaden. I, I have a question, though, Ben, for you, because yesterday yeah. you guys were talking about how, you know, when you're thinking about your approach to a matchup, even if your chance is, let's say, 5%, you can change these things and maybe it increases from 15%. Does this approach from Nate Jackson of sowing these seeds of doubt and saying these things in these interviews and getting it fired up, does it increase his chance of winning at all? Does it decrease it? Is it exactly the same? What do you think? 
Yeah. Uh, if I knew more about what their practice goes were like, I think I'd have a better opinion. Um, you know, if there is some truth to that he was beating him in practice and you can bring that up and bring it to the front of Jaden's mind, then obviously, yeah, I think that's really relevant. But if it's not true and Jaden was kind of smashing him in practice, then it's kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, like this, the guy's lying and that's annoying, but it's not true at all. Um, so without knowing that, I think it's really hard to say, but I, I like that he's trying something a little different. Yeah. Reese, Reese confirmed, you know, or at least said to me, it was like, hey, the, those, those goals were extremely competitive uh, at the end there. So, yeah. Of note. All right, next up, Force Molinari versus Mallory Velti. Um, I, I feel I almost kind of uh, agree with what Forrest was saying. I do think she's kind of like surpassed Mallory at this point. She's, you know, Mallory's a, a medalist from the past, but now, it really feels like it's Forrest time. Uh, she's she's a returning medalist. Her physicality is a lot for for people to deal with. I'm curious. She said she's got a lot more stuff she wants to show this time, which I think, if you were gonna say, hey, for, Forrest, where where are some areas like everyone knows in the hand fight and defensively she's sound. It's like picking up a couple extra offensive attacks, leg attacks would be would be huge for her. So. Um, that's that's where I'm excited to see. I've got, I've got Forrest getting this done in two. Uh, I got Forrest in two also. I do as well. I I think there's a difference between these two meeting at like 62 or 63 kilos, and at 65, it seems like Forrest is is really well suited for that weight, and Mallory's coming up and trying to get bigger and stronger. But I don't know that this is quite as ideal a weight class for Mallory, and I think Forrest has gotten a lot a lot better. Um, I think Mallory started wrestling younger, was better younger, and Forrest has just continued to increase her, you know, her level. And she's in a great room at Arizona State. Yeah. So uh, she brought that up a lot about how, you know, how aggressive, like just how aggressive the room is, how, you know, everybody's trying to kill each other. And hear Mark Perry talk about that too. I think that really makes a difference. So um, for me, it's Forrest. Yeah. Yeah, that environment's huge. Uh, Snyder versus Moore. What's to say? Um, Kyle I Snyder. Just I just don't see it. For I went and rewatched the match, and Colin did get – he got his outside step one time on, on Kyle. It was beautiful. And he got to rear standing, and Kyle literally just sprinted out of bounds. But that was really the only the only little bit that, that Colin got going for him, so I don't see I don't see it happening. Yeah. Kyle in two. Yes. Kyle and two, yep. And then this is this is uh yeah, last match. Tamira Mensa stock for Sienna Ramirez. This is just this I think Upset this, special. This is this bro, is what Vince McMahon told you about, right? This there's just no no <laughs> scenario. Um probably the most lopsided matchup of Final X if I if I had to yeah. pick one. Just still Olympic champ. Sienna is young. And, you know, it's a major accomplishment to make it to this point. So can't take anything away from that, but it's it's Tamira in two, two techs, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, I, I think agree. so too. It's, it's worth noting that Tamira very strongly considered being done. Um, she brought that up in an interview after the press conference that, she, you know, she reached the pinnacle, she won the Olympics, and it wasn't a guarantee that she was coming back. And so – I think if it was a maybe a little bit more seasoned opponent, if it was Kennedy Blades or somebody like that, 
there'd be more doubt, but, but there's a lot of discrepancy between Tamira's level and Sienna's at this point. Hopefully, you know, that, that gap will shrink, but yeah, Tamira's a huge favorite. Yes. Okay. Um, get to a couple questions and then we'll, we'll get the heck out of here. Uh, EJ Newton wants to know how long we're going to give Shane uh, Sparks a hard time about his faux pas about <laughs> Robles. Probably forever. Oh, my God. Probably forever. He didn't even realize he said it. So, oh, it's so funny. I, I, we, after the show ended, we, we kept the Zoom up and talked, and I explained to him what – because as you all know, if you watched yesterday, he had no idea he had said that. It just, oof, he had no idea where we were laughing. And he was like, oh, my gosh. He's like – you know, kind of, kind of hitting himself. He's like, that's, he's like, that's the stuff that scares me. He's like, I'm so comfortable on air, so comfortable on the show. He's like, I don't even think sometimes. Um, so he definitely was like, kind of kicking himself. But it'll be fun to pick on him about that until um, our bones turn into dust. That was a classic moment. All right, one more. Um, Man, I was I'm looking I'm playing with your international rankings. I can't believe how some how many Russians are in some of these weight classes. Like 86 has 10 Russians out of the 20 ranked. Yeah, and obviously that's non-inclusive of transfers. So 10 people who are actually wrestling for Russia for. right now, competing for. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, so with that little bit of uh. Just to make sure everyone knows, True Thirds start at 12.30 Central, and then Final Acts begins at 2 Central, 3 Eastern. So make sure you're tuning in. And they do the first Inside. round, all 15 matches. Then there's a couple-hour break. And then we come back at um, 7, I think. Hold mm -hmm. on. I've got the schedule here. I'm just sitting here all day. Yeah, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. We'll begin uh, round 2. At what so. time will you leave the arena today, Christian Pilot? Mmm, that Never. starts at 7, 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, if I had to guess. Dude. Yeah, it's going to be fun. One day. Okay, anything I'm missing, David, before we go? Uh, no, it's going to hey, be a great day of wrestling. Not a great day. We have a great weekend of wrestling because we have some junior trials going on also. Um, yeah, Southern Plains Regional. I don't know if you guys don't care about that, but I got a few guys going down there, so I'll be checking that one out. But I will be at Juniors tomorrow. Cool. Should be so much fun. Well, good luck to the AWA guys. Enjoy your time in Ohio. <laughs> Geneva, Ohio. Huge tourist destination. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. But hopefully you'll be tuning in to Final Act here in a couple hours. So we'll see you then. Have a good weekend. <laughs>